0: The business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. Seven forty-six. Right now, you're listening to the morning run. Melissa and Han here with you, and two big stories are dominating our attention this morning. One, Datuk Seri Zaid Hamidi at uh, the KL Sessions High Court uh, expected to be charged this morning, and secondly, the revision or the revised Eleventh Malaysia Plan, and we're, uh, I guess, going into a deep dive into more of um, the target that the government has revised so the government's revising several headline targets under the 11th malaysia plan the prime minister tun dr mahathir describing this belt tightening initiatives as uh, temporary measures
1: yeah no once again they're citing the huge debts and liabilities that they've inherited from the previous government uh, you know he, he seems to say that look market reaction uh, that may be secondary uh, i think fundamentally they want to try and improve malaysia's performance uh, in terms of the uh, economy also, in terms of political and social reforms.
0: Right. Well, let's get down into the nitty-gritty. Then, ha. let's take a look at some of the revised targets. So, how we've performed so far versus uh, where we expect, what we're expecting to do now. So, initially, when it was announced, uh, the real GDP growth in two thousand and seventeen uh, was five point one percent. Right, and mm. we had expected it to hit. Between five to six percent by 2020, we're revising that target now to between four and a half to five and a half percent by 2020.
1: So the messaging that we're getting from the government now is that you know through 2020 we got to tolerate slower economic growth. Now, to be fair, this is in line with the broader global slowdown that we're seeing. We have seen the IMF revise the global growth projection downwards for the first time in two years, I believe. You know, and likewise, uh, filtering it down to the Malaysian story, they have done the same. Same for Malaysia's projected growth. World Bank did the same thing, so you know this is reflective of that. But one wonder is if the uh, expected slowdown in mm. economic growth could have been mitigated if, let's say, the fiscal revenue side was uh, re- remained as a whole, and that way you can still have those countercyclical measures right. and spend more, you know, during those uh, slowdown.
0: Yeah, so you make sure that you have, you know, kind of a solid backing uh, to weather any kind of cha- external changes, right? Mm. I also thought what was Particularly interesting was the revised target of the fiscal GDP, uh, fiscal deficit to GDP. So now uh, the fiscal deficit target by 2020 is expected to be wider um, at three percent. So it started out in 2017 as a three percent target. The idea was to get to 2020. With a balanced budget, or
1: oh, at least a near balanced near budget, about 0.6%, yeah, about I zero
0: point six percent.
1: Yeah, mean. you know, so that was the uh, target here. So it looks like, hey, at least we've got one goal in the bag because we already achieved this last year, right? So uh, look uh, again from a uh, macroeconomic perspective, I can understand uh, the the rationale for this three percent fiscal deficit by twenty twenty, but you know, I would just wonder what could have been, mm-hmm. right? You know, once again, because the government may uh, have to uh, you know engage in this countercyclical measure. The to try and spend. I think the Prime Minister has alluded to this before and the Minister of Finance as well because if they do not spend, then the B40 are the ones who get hurt. So they have to spend somewhat but at the risk of blowing, well, not blowing up, but widening their fiscal deficit right. back to 3%, which is where we were last year.
0: Yeah. So Julia Go from UOB, uh, UOB Global Economics and Market Research, she says that, you know, the, the 3% of, of fiscal deficit target was really to account for for overstated revenues in the previous years, given uh, the sizable tax refunds that uh, have been revealed, right? And mm. also we have Sunway University's uh, Professor of Economics, Dr. Yakim Ling. He's saying, look, these revised targets, well, they're a lot more realistic given the, the current um, fiscal picture.
1: Yeah, but but again, right? So is this fiscal picture something of their own doing? You know, because I, I think there's another side of, of the story that we need to get to, right? Um,
0: but they're, they're doing mean the current government's doing.
1: Yeah, like the current current government's doing again, abolishing that GST. You know, are these the acceptable trade offs because of their uh, decision to abolish the GST? Because in in my mind, uh, and again, you know, hopefully during the breakfast group we we'll get more clarity. But in my mind, in an ideal world, you had this new government coming in uh, go through with these institutional reforms that are sorely needed here in Malaysia, but at the same time maintain the integrity uh, on, on the fiscal income side, so i.e. GST. Uh, if that was the case, we would uh, perhaps be in a better position and we wouldn't need some of these downward revisions for these macroeconomic targets for 2020.
0: But, you know, this is a mid-year, mid-term review, right? Yes. So, so they're essentially, I guess, recalibrating what was done in the previous years. So it's it's... it's Essentially, the doing of the previous administration as well, um, uh, and then and then revising the targets to to become more realistic based on where we are currently halfway yeah, through.
1: Yeah, what, what they're d- revising these targets based on the realities of the present government. So, and that includes this. Which has uh,
0: been in power for like five months.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, but uh, again, so if you look at, it's not just the fiscal deficit. You look at the slower growth that's expected. Um, downward revision for the monthly median wage. Initially, the target was 2,500 ringgit. Now it's revised downwards to 2,400 ringgit. I mean, question marks are being posed about whether we'll actually get there based on initial markers. We have seen, you know, how right off the bat, they could have really uh, signal their intent with a meaningful upward revision of the minimum wage of uh, up to 1,005, but it came in at 1,050 ringgit. Mm. So what does this mean? Because 2020 isn't very far away. Do they have the kind of runway to meaningfully boost up not just minimum wage, but also the monthly median wage across Malaysia up to the revised target of 2004?
0: Yeah, and, and speaking about wages, right, Han, uh, the income per, per capita income that was targeted uh, that we were targeted to reach by 2020, we were supposed to reach fifty four thousand ringgit, uh, mm. f- to be specific, fifty four thousand one hundred ringgit. But now I think that's been revised lower. So um, the I guess the target for 2020 now for per in- uh, per capita income is 4- 47,720 ringgit.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, there has been some slippage on that part as well because you know the ble- the global benchmark is measured in US dollar terms, yes. and with the weaker ringgit that we've seen in recent. Recent years, there you know, so there has been slippage there as well. Likewise, uh, well, uh, along those same lines, the World Bank has then said, you know what, uh, we might only hit that high-income nation status by 2024. So perhaps needing a bit more time. So you know, there are several downward revisions there, not just in terms of the uh, target wages, fiscal deficit, GDP growth. Development expenditure as well.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, interesting. I'd like to kind of focus a little bit on this. So looking at um, the government's expenditure, so the country will see a contraction of 0.6% in terms of real public investment uh, between 2016 to 2020. This is compared with the initial target of Two point seven percent growth, and looking at uh, public consumption growing moderately by zero point three percent for the last the year remaining in the eleventh Malaysia Plan period, the the question is whether you know we can or the government can um, optimize its public expenditure without jeopardizing or affecting the quality of public service delivery. I've just got on my. a table here that shows some of the high-impact projects that the government says it is committed to seeing through. Of course, here within the KL, um, the Klang Valley region, we have the Souk Highway, the mm. Dash Highway, Max 2, uh, Digital Free Trade Zone, uh, MRT 2 and MRT, uh, LRT 3 we talked about yesterday as well.
1: Right, so that's an infographic. There's a map there. If you guys are going to download the 395-page 11th Major Plan report... Then... Why
0: not? Weekend reading. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, if you want to do that. Nerd. I'm kidding, I'm Melissa. Uh, okay, so uh, three, uh, if you're downloading that report, you go to, I think uh, it's 9-11. That's the page marker, 9-11. And you see this map of Malaysia and a different project that are set to be rolled out. Did in. you
0: just quote the page number to I me? Did. Who's the nerd now?
1: Not me. <laughs> Melissa well, Idris. Anyways, uh, so you do see the breakdown of all these projects that are out there, right? Now, look, I mean, Pakistan has been in power for, what, five months plus now, right? Um, you know, these appear to me, again, we're going to try and get some more clarity on the breakfast grill, but these appear to be, have, uh, have been rebadged for Pakatan. In other words, like these are projects that have actually been, um, you know, conceived and rolled out under the previous administration. But what we're looking for is perhaps new approaches or new ideas. Now, what the government of the day has said is that perhaps there's a move away from the bias in terms of investing in physical infrastructure and perhaps in investing in the softer skills or the human capital side of things or reducing the disparity, not just in personal income, but also in GDP growth between the states.
0: And Han, as you, uh, you, as you mentioned, we're hoping to get more clarity on the breakfast grill because today on the show, we have Zakia jaafar Deputy, uh, Je- Deputy Director General of the Economic Planning Unit, and she's from... From the Ministry of Economic Affairs. So this is really wonderful. We're actually we have someone who worked on this report, and she's been with the EPU for a a while. So she's able to kind of give us some context, not just for the Eleventh Malaysia Plan and the review of the Eleventh Malaysia Plan, but how things were done in the previous administration as well.
1: Yeah, she's been with them for uh, since 1991. What were you doing in 1991, Melissa? Don't answer that question. Don't want to. Yeah, we're not going (laughs) to reveal your age here. But yeah, you know, so she certainly has context there. We're also kind of of zoom out and you know talk about the relevance of these medium term development plans among m- emerging economies cuz for example India actually ditched theirs their last uh, so called medium term development plan ended in 2017 they were done
0: you mean for the five five year yeah. plans so if I'm not mistaken, five-year plans are a remnant of the Soviet government. Correct. Right? Yes. So this is from the time of the Soviet Union. And uh, I guess many countries have abandoned this arbitrary timeline of five-year plans. Given the changes in technology, things are changing so quickly now. What is five years? Right. You need a, an overall blueprint. I completely agree with that. Whoa. But What's a five-year plan?
1: Okay, well, that's your economic bias. How well, so, <laughs> you know, perhaps the liberals, <laughs> the economic liberals will say, no, no let markets do their own thing. You don't need this central planning unit. Look at Singapore. You know they never had these medium-term development plans, and look at where they are now. Bali, Bali, we compare to Singapore, kan?
0: Let's find another benchmark. Yeah. All right. We that's uh, coming up on the breakfast grill. We have Zakia Ja'far, She's the deputy director of uh, deputy director general of the macroeconomic uh, of macroeconomic uh, section of the EPU. And we're also going to be crossing over to Lawrence Todd, the director of uh, Institute for Dem- Democracy and Economic Affairs, or the think tank IDEAS and as well as Azlan Awang, Senior Fellow at the uh, Majlis Tindakan Economy Melayu or MTEM. We're going to be getting all the, the, um, I guess, comments about the revision of the 11th Malaysia plan on the breakfast grill. Coming up after the 8 o'clock news with Keith Kam, BFM 89.9. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation.